Welcome to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii radio show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. And now, experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. We're here to help unleash your God-given purpose. Where does religion and faith enter the discussion of American presidents? Why might this period in history be known as a turning point for people in surprising ways? Dr. Gary Scott Smith is the author of the book, Religion in the Oval Office, the Religious Lives of American Presidents, and the book, Faith and the Presidency, from George Washington to George W. Bush. Both published 2015 and 2009, published by Oxford University Press. His op-eds have appeared in the Washington Post, Newsweek, the USA Today, and other major newspapers and magazines. He has given lectures throughout the United States on these books. He joins us today to share with you from his wealth of knowledge and experience on this topic. We pause. At the beginning of our show to remind you, dear friend, the reason we have the Good Life radio program, well, is to lead you closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ for you to remember that there is always hope in Jesus. No matter what you're going through, no matter how tough things may be, even now, there is hope in Jesus. Jesus loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins. Yes, he shed his blood on that cross. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And today, the living Christ reaches out to you and it is our hope and prayer that you would turn to him. And if you already do know the Lord, well, we believe this will be a, a time that will encourage you, even inspire you. Dr. Gary Scott Smith is professor of history emeritus at Grove City College. He's also an ordained Presbyterian minister who serves as a parish associate and the director of the mission program at St. Andrew's Covenant Presbyterian Church in Wilmington, North Carolina. He taught at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania from 1978 to 2017, where he chaired the history department. He earned his Master of Divinity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary and his PhD in history at Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Smith, Gary, Welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. It's my pleasure to be with you. Gary, where did you grow up? I grew up in western Pennsylvania, north of Pittsburgh, in a very rural area. In fact, the county where I grew up has the distinction today of being the poorest of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Um, it was an oil boom area. And, of course, uh, where the first oil commercial oil well was dug in 1859, 
Um, the oil industry has obviously moved well beyond Pennsylvania, except for more recent fracking operations. But anyway, so I grew up in western Pennsylvania, um, not too far from the college where I attended, Grove City, and where I taught for the 39 years that you mentioned, so about an hour north of Pittsburgh. Who influenced you most, Gary, in your growing up years? Well, interesting enough, I was the first one to become a Christian in my family, and that happened through a church camp experience. So I grew up going to a, a Methodist church, and my, my younger siblings, my mother and I all went. My father went sporadically. Uh, but at age 12 at a church camp, I came to understand my need to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, which I did, which uh, transformed my life, even though I was only a 12-year-old. So I would say that my my mother definitely thereafter, soon thereafter became a Christian, and she had a strong influence on me. Uh, several of my professors in college influenced me pretty strongly, some high school teachers, uh, some of the peers that I grew up with. Uh, we had a Bible club that we put together in high school to study the scriptures together. So I uh, maintained some close relationships with high school friends over the years. And then people I met in college also, um, fellow college students. Can't say that there's one person that had a tremendous impact on me until a little bit later in my life, but growing up, it was kind of a combination of folks. Well, take us there. Let, let's let's push forward. You said later in life. Uh, sounds like someone really did have a, an impact. Who, who was that? Well, again, I would say several people, but probably most notably Timothy Smith, who was my mentor and principal professor at Johns Hopkins University. He was a devout Christian um, a scholar, recognized scholar in American religious history, um, did a lot of preaching in the Nazarene Church, Church of the Nazarene, actually in Boston. He lived in Boston and taught at uh, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. So it was kind of a, he was kind of a, <clears throat> a traveled, did a lot of traveling back and forth. His wife actually ran a, a facility for people that stayed at the local Boston hospitals that was a Ronald McDonald type of house. But anyway, so he had he had a big influence on me uh, in terms of my profession, my scholarship, my faith. Uh, I would say his influence was perhaps as great as anyone over the years. So, Gary, share share a little bit about the significance of Timothy Smith's influence as a Christian in academia. Well, it was, it was quite significant because he was known for bringing a collection of Christian students to Johns Hopkins to work with him. And over the years, um, he ended up as PhD students or postdoctoral students, having some of the key leaders uh, in the Christian community uh, who were under his tutelage. Um, and that included Joel Carpenter at Calvin University, um, and included Mark Knoll uh, at Wheaton and Notre Dame. It included Nathan Hatch, who went on to become a Baptist seminary president. Uh, and all those, all those guys were outstanding scholars. Uh, Daryl Hart, um, who's been associated with Hillsdale College. Um, Will McClay, who's one of the leading um, evangelicals 
scholars in the United States right now in intellectual history, um, um, on and on the list goes. Just lots and lots of folks that uh, he influenced over the years and who've made a mark for the kingdom in various ways in academia. Well, it seems like there was a the, the impact of of Timothy Smith had an influence somewhat like a like a turning point. Was there a certain perception that that uh, scholars had in America when it came to Christianity and and scholarship and the world of academia that Timothy Smith played such a role to sort of turn the perspective? Well, he definitely helped by he definitely helped by mentoring a generation of of Christian scholars. Uh, Mark Knoll famously wrote a book called The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind, in which he basically said the scandal is there isn't much of an evangelical mind. Uh, that book came out in the 90s, and since that time, evangelicals have made a, a huge inroad into academia in history, but also in philosophy, um, in the natural sciences. Um, think of someone like Francis Collins, um, and the work that he's done in genetics, and the claim that he has received. Uh, think of someone like Nick Waldersdorf in philosophy. Um, so evangelicals have occupied some of the leading positions in, in higher ed in a variety of, of areas. Um, and certainly Timothy Smith was one of those people of an earlier generation who helped mentor and train and bring about a turning point for particularly evangelical scholars. Uh, certainly the field that I'm conversant with and have my expertise in, American religious history, has been a home for many Christian scholars in particular, especially evangelical scholars, and and evangelicals collectively have had a huge influence in the area of American religious history, writing some of the best history that's out there. We have an organization called the Conference on Faith and History, to which several hundred Christian scholars belong, and there have been a variety of other things. There's Christian Scholars Review, which is an inter- interdisciplinary publication. Um, so Christians, Christians are having greater, greater impact in academia, even though that some doors were closed to them, uh, I think in part because of um, intolerance, um, but things have improved, and Christians have had to maybe work harder and to get ahead and to be recognized, but they've done that and they've had a fair amount of success in recent years. Gary, why did you choose to write about American presidents and faith or religion? Well, I'd written a number of books before I got into the subject of religion and the presidency, but oftentimes uh, what people write about is a combination of what they're interested in and gaps that have been left in the scholarly literature, and certainly this was a case for me in this regard. Um, I'd always had a strong interest in the presidency going back to junior high school. Um, I've been one of those people that had early on memorized the dates of all the presidents and loved to study their history and read biographies about them. But I noticed that very little had been done about their religious convictions. So when I first started working on these topics around the year 2000, um, there had been very little 
serious scholarship that had been done uh, with regard to the faith of presidents. And so it was a wide open field. I thought it was uh, one that lots of people would be interested in. And so I thought God had given me some gifts in the area of research and writing and some opportunities. Um, and I did receive some funding that helped me uh, visit archives and dig up materials and things of that sort. So that all came together to enable me to do the kind of research that I've done. You're listening to Dr. Gary Scott Smith. Uh, Dr. Smith was named the 2001 Pennsylvania Professor of the Year by the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching and the Council of Advancement and Support of Education. He's the author of 15 books. He's always working on another project, but he has specialized, as you've just said, on American presidents and faith, or American presidents and religion. Well, when we come back from our break, we'll hear more from Dr. Smith. Uh, how important is religion to American presidents? What surprised him most about what he discovered in faiths of American presidents and why? How does this make a difference in your life? Whether it's a president today or a president of days gone by, there is always a relevance, a unique relevance with American presidents and faith with you. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me Active lifestyles are promoted for healthy living. This involves exercise and a range of sporting activities. There are times, though, when injuries take place resulting from sports work or even the effects of age. In some cases, surgical care is necessary to facilitate proper healing. That's the time to call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi with offices at both Polymomi and Kuakini. Dr. Calvin Oishi has treated patients with the compassion, care, and expertise second to none. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi, 484-2042, 484-2042. There was a time when filling up your gas tank was a full-service experience. The attendant would look under your hood, check your oil and water, check your tires, and wipe your windows, all while your tank's being filled. Burt's Union Service Station on School Street still does it. They also provide auto repair services with master mechanics to give your car the need fixing to keep it going a long time so your dollars stretch with a lasting smoothly running vehicle visit them today Burt's Union on School Street hi this is Danny Yamashiro many people tell me how the good life radio show has made a difference in their lives how they've shared our free podcasts with family and friends from the goodlifehawaii.com others have connected on Facebook and Twitter this is made possible through our corporate sponsors Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Winward Family Dentistry, Burt's Union Service Station on School Street, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Villarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, Chinen and Arunaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1A Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click partners at thegoodlifehawaii.com. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word weekdays at 2 p.m. and 12 midnight. 
providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. In 2009, he wrote the book Faith and the Presidency from George Washington to George W. Bush. In 2015, he wrote Religion in the Oval Office, The Religious Lives of American Presidents. Both books were published by Oxford University Press. I'm speaking of none other than Dr. Gary Scott Smith, a pioneer in this field of, uh, in this discipline of faith and presidents, religion and American presidents. He joins us today from North Carolina. You can find out more about this show at thegoodlifehawaii.com. If you're tuning in right now, maybe caught the tail end of the next segment, of the last segment, uh, you can get Dr. Smith's book and books. He's an author of over 15 books. You can get his books at amazon.com. Again, amazon.com. Gary, what surprised you most about what you discovered in your research on faiths and American presidents? Well, there were a lot of surprises, but I guess the biggest one would would be that religion played a major role in the lives of so many different presidents. Um, you know, when you think about politicians in general, uh, people t- don't always connect religious conviction with politicians. But in the case of presidents, uh, I found that for more than half of them, religion was a very important part of their life. Uh, For all of them, it was at least some part of their lives. Um, Barack Obama was the first president the United States ever had who was not raised in an explicitly Christian home. But prior to that, uh, all his predecessors were. And that's not to say that faith didn't play a significant role in the life of Barack Obama, because certainly it it did. Um, so that, that surprised me how important religion was in their life stories. That's something you know about from your own research, uh, as you've dealt with childhood trauma and religion and the presidents. Uh, the second thing that kind of surprised me was the diversity of the religious commitments and backgrounds of presidents. Uh, we have a great deal of diversity. Uh, it's not all connected with what's called mainline or mainstream uh, American religion. In fact, we had early on a couple of presidents whose worldviews would essentially be Unitarian, although they didn't self-identify in that way, but people who believe that God the Father was God alone and Jesus Christ isn't uh, divine. And then, of course, we've had Presbyterians and Episcopalians and Methodists, but we've had other ones who were part of much smaller denominational traditions, like the Disciples of Christ. Um, We've had other ones who were more in a non-denominational tradition. We've had some who came into the presidency without any clear religious conviction or identification, like Dwight Eisenhower, who third week of his presidency was baptized at the National Presbyterian Church and 
Washington, D.C. and became a Presbyterian. Um, we've had people who've uh, been affiliated with the Baptist traditions, uh, with you know pretty much all the kinds of mainstream, uh, main facets of American religion, including, of course, in 1960, we elected our first Catholic president uh, in John uh, Kennedy. Um, and we've had other Catholic candidates for the presidency in recent years. So with this, this uh, wide swath of Christian traditions, some more well-known than others. You mentioned that some, some presidents had stronger or more strongly influenced than others. When we talk about influence, Gary, what, what do you mean by that? Or what, what is meant by that? Influence in what way? Well, the influence of presidents can be felt in a variety of ways. I mean, the most obvious one would be in terms of their policies and to what extent those policies live beyond their administrations and, and shape subsequent times. For example, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the New Deal. Uh, that brought about a series of changes, particularly in terms of enlarging the scope and functions of government that have continued to be with us until this day. And even though we've had Republicans and Democrats as president, no one has basically repealed the essential framework that the New Deal established. Woodrow Wilson uh, established some principles for foreign policy in relationship to World War One and America's global presence that have continued to dominate our foreign policy perspective until the present day. So, you know, you can talk about more than 100 years. His, his viewpoint has been has been pervasive in the area of American uh, attitudes toward the world and relationships with other countries, even though Trump has taken some steps to try to peel back American commitments to various international organizations and maybe reduce American leadership in the world to some extent, share the burden more fully with other countries. Nevertheless, we've seen ourselves as a global leader, and that came out of our participation in World War One and the attempt to establish the League of Nations and our subsequent foreign policy perspective. So anyway, the fir first place you would see the influence of presidents is with regard to policies. A second place you might see it would be with regard to the relationships that they establish, the constituencies that they have the most contact with, the relationships that they build. Um, some of those uh, relationships are, are ongoing. One example would be the relationship between evangelicals and the Republican Party, which goes all the way back into the early 1980s with the Moral Majority and Ronald Reagan and continues to the present. Um, a third area where we might see the influence of presidents would be on, on the issue of, of character. Uh, we've often looked to our presidents as moral leaders, and some of them have explicitly affirmed that they're, they see themselves as moral leaders and trying to provide a good character example for our children and for uh, people throughout our nation. So, you know, presidents can can influence everything from um, how we view the media to the policies that we uh, adopt to the way we view the world. Um, you know, there's the saying that 
you know, the leader of the free world is the president of the United States. And if you have that much influence and impact, you're influencing how other nations see the United States. You're influencing how other nations relate to the United States. Um, you can get anything you want on the world's radar screen, whether it's reducing AIDS in Africa, as it was for George W. Bush, whether it's identifying communism as an evil empire, as it was for Ronald Reagan. So you, know, you everything you say and do is newsworthy. Um, presidents haven't been their own public relations directors until Donald Trump and tweeting. But nevertheless, uh, there's been a great deal of influence that presidents have had over years. Let's talk a little bit, Gary, about elections. Where does religion enter the discussion of presidential elections? Well, I think it plays a very large role in presidential elections. Um, in my two books, where I talk about 22 different presidents, I talk about some elections where religion played a, a very, very important role, including the election of 1800, which involved Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. And and Jefferson won uh, that election, but he was his the fact that he was perceived by some Americans to be an atheist, or at least an agnostic, or at least a skeptic, uh, was used by the Federalists to try to defeat him. Uh, you can flash forward until the election of nineteen of eighteen ninety six, which pitted um, two evangelicals, uh, William Jennings Bryan, against William McKinley, Presbyterian versus a Methodist, both of whom were very very devout individuals. Of course, Bryan would go on and play this important role in the Scopes uh, Monkey Trial in nineteen twenty five about evolution, teaching evolution in the schools of. Tennessee. But, and then you can go to 1928, which was uh, Al Smith, the first major Catholic, uh, major party Catholic candidate who was defeated in part uh, because of Protestants' dislike of his Catholicism and fears of what he might do as president if he was too closely allied with the Pope. Same thing in election 1960. Uh, Kennedy won a very close election. But his religion was used against him by many, many Protestants. Um, pretty much every election since 1976, when Jimmy Carter talked about being a born-again evangelical, and from that election till the present, our religion has played a major role. Generally speaking, Republicans have been better marshalling the religious vote than Democrats. Um, sometimes Democrats have been reluctant to try to appeal to religious communities and constituencies for a variety of reasons, in part because oftentimes their candidates weren't as religiously devout as their Republican opponents. Um, also, Democrats have had a broader coalition as a party. They've had a lot more of the, the nuns, that is, people who have no religious affiliation. They've had uh, people, more Jewish uh, supporters, they've had people across a wider theological spectrum than Republicans. But nevertheless, various religious constituencies have, by supporting various candidates, played a major role in helping them win elections or maybe helping their um, their opponent, or causing their opponents to lose elections. So I think religion plays a very, very important role in American elections in a way it doesn't in Europe, for example. We have a unique uh, opportunity, really a privilege, to to hear 
from uh, Dr. Gary Scott Smith, who's uh, written extensively, done research, archival work in uh, presidential archives uh, of American presidents and faith, on American presidents and faith. When we come back, uh, we'll hear more from him. Uh, for example, what might this period in history be known uh, why might this period in history be known as a turning point for people in surprising ways? Uh, these are times of crisis, many would say. What lessons has Gary Scott Smith learned about presidents that apply during a pandemic? That and more with you, dear friend. This is important stuff, fascinating to me. I would imagine it opens our minds, perhaps even our hearts. So more from Dr. Gary Scott Smith when we come back. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me, i lead you home Have you heard the stories on the Good Life Hawaii radio show with Danny Amashiro and his guests? Yup. I listen to Danny's show every day. Those testimonies inspire me in my life at work, with my family, and in my relationship with God. Did you ever visit thegoodlifehawaii.com? There's all kinds of resources there. Danny Amashiro has interviewed hundreds of guests on subjects like parenting, business, relationships, depression, overcoming addiction, hope, and so much more. As a matter of fact, I have. Did you know there are videos where Danny prays for your family, your finances, even a video I've used to help lead my friends to Christ? Wow, and I hear Danny is offering special opportunities and benefits for his Good Life Partnership Club members. Yep, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com and remember to connect with Danny on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter too, that's Danny Yamashiro. I'm going to visit thegoodlifehawaii.com today. Do you need a specialist in cosmetic dentistry? Someone who can bring the best in you from the inside out. Let Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa help you. His warmth, compassion, and expertise provides all the assurance needed for your dental needs. Visit Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry in Kaneohe. Call him at 235-4525 to make an appointment today. That's 235-4525. Or visit jeffmiyazawa.com, Windward Family Dentistry, where a lifetime of smiles is created. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii radio show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guest. Ah, uh, faith and the American presidency. Religion in the Oval Office, books by Dr. Gary Scott Smith published by Oxford University Press, available for you at Amazon.com. Check that out. He is also releasing a new book, Duty and Destiny, The Life and Faith of Winston Churchill, as well as American Religious History, Belief and Society Through Time. Again, Amazon 
thegreatdoctorsclub.com. If you're tuning in right now, maybe caught the last part of our program, go to thegoodlifehoy.com. You can download this podcast. It's a gift to you, and I would say go ahead and share it with a family member or friend. Gary, why might this period in history be known as a turning point for people in surprising ways? Well, we're in the midst of an unprecedented pandemic, unlike anything the world has experienced since 1918 with the great influenza, the end of World War One. It's highlighting the fact that we live in a global community. It's highlighting the fact that we need to work together to solve problems, not just pertaining to health, but pertaining to poverty and to conflict and war, to the environment, uh, to a wide variety of, of social issues. It also reminds us that we can work together. We need to work together. There are some great organizations out there that can be utilized to achieve those purposes. But I think, you know, times when we're experiencing these kinds of physical and material challenges reminds us that there is something deeper going on, and that is that the spiritual dimension is the most significant by far that deals with our eternal destiny rather than just our temporal standing and status. So I believe that God doesn't cause natural disasters, but I believe that he uses them for his purposes, whether we're talking about a huge fire like we've seen in California and Colorado, whether we're talking about the hurricanes that have afflicted the Gulf Coast, um, whether we're talking about this pandemic. God uses events to bring people to their knees, to remind them of what is important, to get their attention, to challenge them to think about their relationship to him. And so I think this pandemic provides that kind of opportunity, even ironically at a time where many churches have not been able to physically meet. Um, we've utilized Zoom platforms and, and multimedia in a variety of ways to communicate the gospel, and hopefully we've learned some things that we can continue to do and do it more effectively. So I, I think all of those things, uh, as long as well as a very contentious presidential election in the United States, um, have have caused us to kind of rethink who we are, what our values are, what the meaning of life is, what God is calling us to do. Hopefully, made us a little bit more compassionate, concerned about others, and what we can do to reach out to help them, to truly prioritize more effectively, and to think about what we should be doing, what's our calling, what are we, what does God expect of us, what does God want us to be doing in this time and in the future that lies ahead of us. Do you have a favorite president? I have a lot of presidents that I, that I truly like um, and that cuts across the political spectrum. So every one of the 22 presidents I've studied, I could say, this is something I admire about this particular president. If you forced me to pick one or a few, <laughs> um, 
believe it or not, one of the people that would that stands out to me is one that would guard many many people's radar screens. That'd be John Quincy Adams. Uh, John Quincy Adams uh, was president um, in the 1820s, and he was um, probably a Unitarian. He was an agnostic with regard to Jesus. He couldn't firmly commit one way or another to Jesus' divinity. Um, of course, he was the son of John Adams, our second president. And I admire him because he was very religiously curious. Um, Washington, D.C. was a pretty new city when he went there to be president, and he would often go to three services on Sundays. He'd go to an Episcopal, a Presbyterian, and a Unitarian service because he wanted to get you know, a full variety of worship experiences and check out different theological traditions. Um, I admire him for his intellectual curiosity. I admire him for the passion of his faith. I admire him for his willingness to take some unpopular stands with regard to um, slavery and, and Native American rights, for example. He is the only president who ever, uh, subsequent to his presidency, went back into political office, and he served 17 years in the House of Representatives until he died in with his boots on, so to speak, in 1848. Uh, he's arguably one of the, the smartest presidents we've ever had. His intellect's right up there with the highest IQs ever recorded. Um, he, he was one who kept a diary, and he talked a lot about his faith in that diary. And I think he was one who tried to apply his faith in very kind of existential, personal kinds of ways. So while I don't agree with where he came down theologically, um, I admire his, his pursuit and I admire his effort to apply his faith to the issues that engaged him as a politician. Someone today might be listening with uh, uh, a, a similar resonance with this religiously curious uh, draw, even to this conversation that we're having right now. And their religious curiosity, perhaps even a scratching of Christianity, and wondering what, what is this Christianity? It might even be with a tinge, Gary, of, of distaste. It may, may even be turning bitter because they see the polarization, even in the body of Christ, in a contentious election. It really becomes somewhat of a turnoff. What would you say to a religiously curious person with regard to Christ in light of these very tenuous moments politically? Well, I would say, first of all, evaluate Jesus by Jesus, not by uh, Christians. I mean, we, we are supposed to be the model that people see, and to some extent that's certainly true, that we're the Bible people read, we're the models that they look at, and that behooves us as Christians to be as faithful to Christ, to follow him as fully as possible, to care about the things he cared about, to see the world with his eyes, to be his hands and feet in the world. But ultimately, I would say to the religiously curious people, don't look at human beings, look at Jesus himself, because he is the God-man, he is the unique one, he is the one who loved without any 
error. He's the one who loved with great compassion. So read the Gospels, study his life, study his teachings, consider his claims to be God. There's some great books out there um, in apologetics, that is the defense of the Christian faith, that uh, can help people. Uh, Lee Strobel's books, for example, The Case for Christ, The Case for Christianity. Um, there's just a, a lot of, of really good literature. Uh, C.S. Lewis continues to stand out many years after his death with uh, Mere Christianity and other works. So, you know, examine the claims of Christ. Um, read the Gospel of John from beginning to end. Think about who Jesus claimed to be. Um, see if, ask, ask God to reveal himself to you. Ask God to speak to you. Um, in the midst of your your questions, your your doubts, your curiosity, um, doubts are great because they can they can questions are good. They can lead people to a stronger faith and a deeper relationship with God. They can help us understand who Jesus truly is, and hopefully, everybody will have an opportunity at some point to meet a Christian who they do admire, who uh, they can be they can resonate with whose life will be appealing to them and that can help them in their, in their walk and their, in, in coming to know God and Jesus Christ as savior and Lord. Gary, you have uh, written uh, so many books, done so much research. It is uh, just awe inspiring to me, but you also wrote a book called Suffer the Children, What We Can Do to Improve the Lives of the World's Impoverished Children. Share with us a little bit about that um, and how you co-authored that with your wife. Yes, well, that grew out of our life experience. Um, we had gotten involved in the small town where the college was, where I taught with an organization um, that was called the Christian Assistance Network. And we had monies that were given to us through United Way and through churches and individuals and people that had a, a major financial need would, would come to us and we would interview them and we would pray with them and we would discern with them and we would try to figure out if we could help them pay their rent, we could help them find a new place to live, if we could help them keep their utilities turned on, if we could help them deal with medications, fix their car, um, et cetera, et cetera. One of the first people we dealt with was a was a man who had uh, four young boys, and his wife was in prison. And he came to us, and he was in a car, and he he had no place for the for the for these boys to be except with him in a car. And we actually were able, through God's providence, to get a motor home for him and uh, a place to put the motor home and some resources to help him get back on his feet and find work. Um, so anyways, a lot of life experiences of that sort, dealing with, with people in those kind of circumstances. Um, people had written about the problems in Appalachia and, say, West Virginia or Kentucky, uh, rural areas where there were a lot of, of problems and, and with drugs and alcohol abuse and poverty and so on. And we saw every one of those problems in our little town of 8,000 people. So that got me going. Uh, we also did some some uh, foster care, and, and that uh, sensitized me more to the needs of, of of that particular community. 
So anyway, we did a lot of interviewing. We did a lot of research. Uh, we put this book together, and we basically talked about what was being done in, by churches and by businesses and by politicians and by um, various community organizations to assist the least of these, the poorest people in our communities. And we try to give people a lot of hands-on resources that they could use to uh, get involved themselves if, they, if God was calling them to be involved in this area, because there's just a lot of great ministries out there in, in all kinds of areas. My wife has been very deeply involved with human trafficking kinds of issues, and so she wrote about that, and she did some lobbying with connection to that, and uh, we've supported organizations in that regard. Here in Wilmington, uh, where we're, we're blessed that the former jail is now a ministry center with about a dozen ministries there, including one that uh, I volunteer with called the Help Hub, which does similar kinds of things to the Christian Assistance Network. Uh, every week, um, dozens of people come in to see us, although we're doing it by phone right now. But uh, under normal circumstances, people come in to see us, and we sit down and do an intake with them and talk to them about their life circumstances and what their needs are. We pray with them, we counsel them, we refer them to other organizations. We have financial resources that we provide to keep them from being homeless, to keep them from having their lights and power turned off, um, keep their water running, things of that sort. So I've always had a strong passion for these kinds of things. I, I taught a course in social problems for two decades. Um, I've always been concerned about world hunger issues. I've done a lot of local and international mission work on a very, you know, limited part-time basis. So this is an area that God has called me to, and I continue to be very engaged with. Um, and there's just so much to be done. People can tutor in schools. They can um, they can mentor children outside of schools. There's a lot of after-school programs. There's just 101 ways that people can be involved in and. What I always used to counsel my students is you can't do everything, but you can do one thing. So pray about it and see what God wants you to do, what, you, what the, he wants that one thing to be, whereby you can serve him and others more effectively. This is Gary Scott Smith. Uh, we've got the privilege of hearing him, and uh, he's sharing his time with us, uh, his precious time. Uh, his book, Suffer the Children, What We Can Do to Improve the Lives of the World's Power children authored with his wife Jane Marie so Gary and Jane Marie Smith when we come back a tender time touching on well maybe going a little bit deeper on how has the Lord helped Gary Scott Smith through difficult times I wonder what his favorite scripture verse might be and what would he say to someone going through a tough time right now? Are you feeling like uh, there's challenges that have swept over you that you did not expect? Are you overwhelmed? I believe the Lord sent Gary Scott Smith to touch your heart today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. During the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me, I'll lead you home. In 
times of economic challenge, opportunities arise. All we need is someone to say, I believe in you. Michael Beasley, a senior executive of Kayani Team Aloha, has seen Kayani products improve the quality of people's lives. Michael Beasley says Kayani's mission is to empower people globally to experience better health, wealth, and a lot of fun. Contact Michael Beasley at 277-9528. Live outside the 9 to 5 workday? Become the CEO of your own business while Kayani handles the details. That's Michael Beasley at 277-9528. 277-9528. Active lifestyles are promoted for healthy living. There are times when injuries take place. In some cases, surgical care is necessary. That's the time to call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi with offices at both Poly Momi and Kuakini. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi at 484-2042. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. Many people tell me how the Good Life Radio Show has made a difference in their lives, how they've shared our free podcasts with family and friends from thegoodlifehawaii.com. Others have connected on Facebook and Twitter. This is made possible through our corporate sponsors. Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Burt's Union Service Station on School Street, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Villarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, Chinen and Arunaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1A Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click Partners at TheGoodLifeHawaii.com. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word weekdays at 2 p.m. and 12 midnight, providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. Books on faith and American presidents, Suffer the Children. What Can We Do to Improve the Lives of the World's Impoverished Children, and other books, Duty and Destiny, Life and Faith of Winston Churchill, and more by Gary Scott Smith. Go to Amazon.com. Again, Amazon.com. And to get this show, to share it with others, to listen to it again, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. Gary, how has the Lord helped you through difficult times? Well, in many, many ways, I think everybody, they live long enough, uh, is going to have difficult times. It may be emotionally, it may be physically, it may be materially, it may be spiritually. Um, I think, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where Christ told us to expect tribulation, expect persecution, if we try to follow him faithfully. So it's certainly likely that we're going to encounter problems. Um, life is not going to be a smooth ride in a world where many people are at war against God. Um, so, obviously, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, reading the Bible faithfully uh, daily, uh, immersing yourself in a 
caring Christian community, having really good, solid Christian friends. Um, all of those things can help, and all those things have helped me immensely in my walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and 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 having a good prayer life, uh, faithfully taking prayer concerns to the Lord every day, and thanking Him for His goodness, but also bringing petitions to Him for uh, one's own growth and maturation, and also for that uh, the needs of others. Scripture verse. What's your your favorite scripture verse? Do you have a life verse or one that you keep? I wouldn't say I, have, I wouldn't say I have a life verse. Uh, probably what my favorite scripture verse is changes from week to week, month to month, season of life to season of life. But uh, you're asking me to pick one, so I'll, I'll go with Colossians three seventeen. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Because I think. That, that verse is so all-encompassing, you know, it pertains to everything we do, everything we say, everything we think, all to be done in, in the Lord Jesus' name. And while we do it, giving thanks to God because of God giving to us Jesus' the Son. Um, so, anyway, that verse stands out for me, among others. I'm wondering, Gary, if we could spend some time praying. You have, sure. You have a pastor's heart. Uh, you've been a pastor for well, quite a number of years. Would you pray for our dear listener right now who may be going through a really rough time? Sure. Let me say one other thing, be- or two other things before I do that. Sure. Uh, one would sure. be that uh, as people are going through tough times, as we all are now, I would encourage people to remember the big picture. And the big picture is that, you know, looking at it from and the eye in the sky, the big picture is God is building a kingdom, and that kingdom will prevail. Um, the skirmishes we have on earth, we're going to lose a lot of them, um, but we're not going to lose the ultimate battle, which is that God is building his kingdom and bringing everything to a glorious end. And if we have that kind of kingdom perspective, I think that it helps us on, on the daily level as we're going through individual and societal struggles. The scriptures make it pretty clear that we should be thankful in all things, but not for all things. So, you know, keep, we need to keep that in mind. Be thankful in the midst of all things, but there are certain things that we aren't going to be thankful for. And then thirdly, I would say, remember there's a difference between happiness, which is contingent on circumstances, and joy or blessedness, which is independent of them. So focus on focus on that. And let me also say before I pray that it's been a pleasure getting to know Danny personally over the last couple of years. Uh, it's been a blessing that God has brought us together and that we've been able to enjoy a relationship with each other that's been dependent on or contingent on faith in the presence, but variety of other things in life, too. So thank you, Danny, for your ministry, and thank you for all that you're doing for God's purposes and kingdom. So now, listeners, if you would join me in prayer, I will be happy to pray for all of us. So, Father, we come into your presence this day, giving glory to your name, thanking you for being the great king that you are, the creator, the sustainer, the redeemer, the one who loves us much more than we'll ever understand this side of eternity, the one who loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus into the world to die for us, to show us how to live, and then resurrected him from the dead to show us that there is an eternal life with him 
Father, make us agents of your kingdom. Make us kingdom builders. Father, a lot of the people that are listening right now may be hurting in some way, shape, or form. They may have lost a job. They may have reduced income. They may only be working part-time. They may have a loved one who's contracted COVID-19. They may be struggling with relational difficulties. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's with children. Maybe it's with other members of their family. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's even despair. Father, you know us intimately. You care for us so deeply. Give to people who are listening the resources that they need. Give them the spiritual nourishment and vitality that they need to come closer to you. Father, just watch over them. Help them to realize that your church is there for them. If they're not part of a church, help them to connect with a local church that can be a source of inspiration, fellowship, and encouragement to them. Thank you for ministries like this one that Danny is leading that reach out in so many different ways to people in their lives and provide them with the kinds of resources that they need to cope with tough times, to cope with challenges of life. And Father, in the midst of all this, help us to remember that you love us so, so much. May we feel your love. May we bask in your love. May you lavish your love upon us. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary. Danny, my pleasure. Penetrating Insights from Dr. Gary Scott Smith. Find out more, his books, at Amazon.com. God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, hey, I believe this may be the perfect moment for you to open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Go to thegoodlifehawaii.com, click Get to Know Jesus. I've got a special presentation for you there. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Gary Scott Smith, his books at Amazon.com. Until next time, along with my technical producer, Chaz Ontai, web designer Arlen Nagata, and co-host Lani Ka'a, I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you. Let him unleash your God-given purpose today. Thank you for listening in on today's broadcast of The Good Life with host Danny Yamashiro. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you. The Good Life radio program is listener supported and we'd like to encourage you to pray about becoming a sponsor or donor. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to minister to God's people through The Good Life. To become a sponsor or to make a donation, please visit thegoodlifehawaii.org. That's thegoodlifehawaii.org. And may God richly bless you with The Good Life.